like in spirit, growing one awareness at a time. Hello and welcome back to Psych and Spirit. It's early September of 2017. It's a beautiful sunny day and it's perfect. There's mild but warm weather. I'm in a hotel restaurant with my wife and we are visiting Barcelona, Spain. It's maybe 7.30, 8 a.m. and it's pretty quiet in the restaurant, just a few others around. I examine the food in the buffet spread. I'm impressed by the selection and also curious about some of the breakfast options like beans and a tomato sauce. But after looking over the options, I select my food, I get some orange juice and I sit down. I take a bite of goat cheese on a fresh baguette and boom, I am immediately transported into a state of pure joy. Oprah can relate. She said bread is her joy, right? Well, this goat cheese baguette combination is my joy in this moment. I cannot help myself. I close my eyes and say, mmm, this is delicious. My wife gives me a look and tells me that she's rarely seen me so excited as I am now eating this food. But I continue to sit and savor the bites of food that I eat, eating slowly with the corners of my mouth turned up in a blissful smile. I must look ridiculous to others, but I just do not care. In this moment, I am savoring this amazing food and nothing can get in the way of the experience. It was short-lived, certainly, but even thinking about it now, I can almost taste the salt and the goat cheese and the tough crust, but soft inside of the baguette bread. No, that was not the best memory I had of Barcelona by a long shot. But that was a moment that I savored, and one of the many moments I still remember from that beautiful trip. I love all kinds of things in life. Nature, travel, culture, art, learning, music. But I'm a food lover too, and sometimes there's just nothing like a good cheese or a wood-fired margarita pizza with San Marzano, uh, Marzano sauce and fresh mozzarella and basil on top. Oh my goodness. It is pure joy when you taste the ones done just right. Now, certainly some of us like to savor delicious food from time to time, but usually we're just eating for fuel and we might sort of like our meals, but usually we eat mindlessly with our thoughts focusing on the next thing we have to do, right? Until we have that delicious taste of something unexpectedly good, so good, that you can't help but slow down and taste each and every flavor. But here's the interesting thing. You can savor other moments too. And that is what we're talking about today, savoring the moment. Savoring is a term that has gained traction in the past decade or two in positive psychology. Dr. Fred Bryant is the savoring scholar. He and his colleague, uh, so Bryant and Veroff, 2007, defined savoring as attending to, appreciating, and enhancing the positive experiences in your life in their book, Savoring a New Model of Positive Experience. While savoring can certainly relate to taste in food, Dr. Bryant broadened it to simply mean appreciating the enjoyment of any experience. Think of it this way. Savoring enhances our happy moments, making them more intense and just last little bit longer, maybe even just a few seconds. It's not the same thing as pleasure, 
Because although we can experience pleasure, we aren't actively thinking about it, uh, about something feeling pleasurable or enhancing the moment when we feel pleasure. Sometimes we aren't necessarily even fully present when experiencing pleasure. Savoring requires conscious attention given to the pleasurable feeling, a a meta-awareness of sorts. You're aware of how good something feels and you're appreciating it. What kinds of things can we savor in our lives? Almost any moment that feels pleasurable or joyful experienced through any of the senses. Taking in a beautiful view, enjoying time with friends or family, listening to music, viewing art, drinking a high-end glass of wine, looking out at the ocean, walking in a city and looking around, smelling flowers, hearing pleasurable sounds like wind or rain or falling snow, playing a sport, love feelings and sexual intimacy, sometimes even the feeling after you read a really good book with a beautiful ending. I've sometimes savored finishing a really well-written novel, although it has been very rare uh, for me. In those rare instances, I just sat quietly for a few minutes appreciating the feeling I had of the ending or just appreciating the work as a whole. But how is this different from pleasure? Pleasurable moments feel good, but they're less mindful, right? So what separates savoring from pleasure is that we are mindfully aware of the joy that the moment has brought us. And we almost ruminate it, uh, excuse me, ruminate on it in a positive way. Um, This is the first time I've ever used the word ruminate in a positive sense. Remember, rumination involves thinking about something usually negative, and there's no solution in mind. We're just kind of swimming in that that negative thinking, uh, thinking about our problem and the feelings and just dwelling on them in a way. And usually when I refer to rumination, I'm talking about ruminating on anxious thoughts or ruminating on our unhappiness if you feel depressed. But if you ruminate in a good way, you're thinking about how good it feels. So we're appreciating the moment we're in and attending to the joy we feel to intensify it. Any sight, sound, smell, taste, or touch that feels good can be savored to prolong that joyful moment just a few seconds. But in addition to our senses of external stimuli, we can also use internal stimuli, such as thinking of joyful memories to bring up another means to savor. I'll come back to this when I discuss tips and ways to increase our savoring skills. But why should we savor anything or try to savor anything? Why don't we just keep doing what we're doing and allow pleasurable moments to pass without focusing on them or trying to enhance them? Why try to change something that just feels good in the moment? Why not just let it go? Well, the problem is creatures, living creatures, focus on more on negative experiences in life, which creates all sorts of problems, as you can imagine. And why did we start doing this in the first place? Why do we attend to negative information more? Because it has survival value to learn from a terrifying brush with death, for example. There isn't really survival value in enjoying the sunset for a few extra seconds. So we let positive moments flow in and out 
without really paying much attention to them. And then we reflect regularly on the negative experiences and or anticipate more negative experiences instead. From an evolutionary perspective, it made sense because it gave us better odds of survival because we learned more quickly from our negative experiences. Like, again, here's another example, eating a type of fruit that's inedible and has a small amount of some kind of toxin, and then it gives you stomach pain. And it does so because in large amounts it could kill you. So we feel that pain after eating it, and then we choose never to eat it again. Well, that's enhancing our survival chances. You're learning from the environment what's safe and what's not. Same thing with social survival. Let's say you're a seven-year-old child at school, and you say a strange word, and other children laugh at you and tease you. You probably get upset. Maybe you cry and go home and ask your caregiver or givers why the other children laughed at you. Mark my words. You'll never say that word at school aloud again because you know better. It only took one time. You don't want to go through that painful experience again. So that's a social survival kind of aspect. My cat is also a fast learner. She has a little play tunnel that's flexible and it crinkles and makes noise. And she used to love to play in it. But just one time, one time, she was playing with a caterpillar toy attached to a string, which was also attached to a pole. And that toy got caught on her tail while she was in the tunnel. So she got caught in the tunnel for a short period of time, probably no more than 30 seconds. But she felt trapped. And so as soon as she got free, she bursted out of that tunnel and ran off with that caterpillar string toy attached to her tail. And she never played in that tunnel again. We still have it. She just doesn't use it. She also never plays with the string and caterpillar toy that got caught on her tail. Nope. She now avoids them both. And this happened probably around four years ago. In her cat brain, these toys threatened her survival by trapping her even if briefly, and it made her panic. She remembers the experience, and she won't do it again. Cats and humans are similar in that way. So looking at the broader picture, we learn quickly from more negative experiences because mistakes can be fatal, or at least they could for our ancestors, which is why we naturally tend to dwell on negative experiences more. But in today's world, we've sort of gone awry with that. It's not really in our nature to take time to dwell or reflect on the positive, so to speak, or even try to enhance the positive, which is a difficult way of going through life if we're always focusing on the negative. Think about how exhausting it is to attend to and think about only negative information in our lives most of the time. It's not hard to do. The news is really depressing. You could probably count on one hand the number of positive articles you see in a sea of negative articles because the negative ones get the clicks. We attend, we are na our brains are biased to attend to negative information, but it takes a toll. So there's good reason to savor. Research also suggests that savoring predicts greater levels of positive affect and self-esteem in young school-age children. It predicts higher levels of life satisfaction and ha uh, happiness in adults and adolescents, older adults and adolescents, I should say. It predicts decreased levels of obsessive compulsive disorder and social phobia in US undergraduates. Savoring can increase happiness in people experiencing fewer daily positive events. 
and it can predict decreased depressive symptoms in our older adults. So this is just a smattering of the research out there, but it's clear from what we know so far that savoring is associated with beneficial effects. Now that we know that savoring can be beneficial, how do we savor more in our lives? Bryant and Veroff provide several ways to savor. In fact, we can savor three different states and time. The past, through positive reminiscence, the present moment, or the future, through anticipating fun or enjoyment. Let's start with the past. Every time I recall memories of that Barcelona trip I went on that I talked about in the beginning, I feel happy. Even writing about the memory of eating that goat cheese and baguette made me smile as I was typing it up. To go through those memories and enjoy them as we remember them can regulate our emotions and enhance our mood. Now, a note of caution. If we cognitively go to a place of, I wish I felt like that all the time, and I'm not as happy now as I was then, or I wish I could go back there and visit, but I can't because I have all this or that going on, and then so on and so on, we're getting into negative dwelling territory. But if we simply remember the happy memory in detail and then let it go, or even express gratitude mentally for that experience, it can help boost our moods a little bit. How about the present? Well, we've talked about the present via our senses, you know, sight, smell, taste, touch. Almost any enjoyable activity involving the senses can be savored if you just stop and attend to it and really appreciate it. Now, I don't know why, but this is uh, the image that came to my mind when I was thinking of savoring in the present. There's a, a pop culture reference I'm going to sort of insert here, and don't judge me for having watched the HBO series Girls. But in the last season of Girls, uh, it was season six, episode nine to be specific, I looked it up. Um, Hannah, she's one of the one of the women in the show. She's at an engagement party with her friends, and they've all sort of grown apart a bit, and they've changed over the years um, that they were friends. And if I recall correctly. In this party scene, there's a moment in which she just stands there at the party and she watches her friends dance and be happy. And she seems to be genuinely happy for them and with them. And it looks to me like she's savoring that moment of happiness and maybe even savoring her love and appreciation for them and the role that they played in her life. I think they even used that stylistic uh, trick of slow motion at the party as Hannah looks at her friends and it felt like a poignant choice to show her savoring that experience. Now, maybe I completely misinterpreted that scene or misremembered it. I mean, I couldn't find the scene when I uh, went to look it up, but that's one example of savoring looks on screen. And I myself had have, it, have had a moment or two at a party with friends in the past where I felt the same way Hannah probably did, you know, joyful and grateful and just enjoying the moment and aware of that feeling as I felt it. We can also savor events that haven't happened yet, like an upcoming weekend trip with a friend or partner. So let's talk about the future. One of the reasons that some folks love trip planning is that they start imagining how fun it's going to be, which is actually a way to savor a future anticipated experience. I know a few folks who, when they get stressed out, they start planning trips to places, even if the trip is gonna be a year out. Anticipation can also be something like being in a long distance relationship and savoring the anticipation of your partner being close to you in a few days or in a week. 
my wife and I were in a long distance relationship for a few years uh, during graduate school. And I would savor the anticipation of her coming to see me or going out to see her uh, when we were able to meet up. I would imagine in detail how elated I would feel to hug her when she got off the plane and I got to finally see her again. And I would feel excited and happy as I anticipated this future memory, despite the distance. But relationships aside, sometimes anticipating time to ourselves, doing something we love can be something we can savor for the future. The possibilities are really endless for this. That said, you want to be careful because what separates fantasy or fantasizing from savoring anticipated future experiences is that the savoring is something we anticipate will actually happen. So fantasizing about meeting up with Jason Momoa or Margot Robbie, I'm just throwing out names here, at a restaurant in New York City might be a fun fantasy for some, but it's not really savoring, that's fantasizing. And the benefit in savoring is going to come from you anticipating a very fun experience and that you actually are going to engage in in the future. Now that we know that we can savor aspects of the past, present, and future, let's talk about how to do it. What are the practical ways we can savor moments in our lives? First of all, we can savor by sharing positive moments with others, by talking about them. Past fun events, future plans that you have with this person. The key point being that the other person shared the memory with you or is going to do the future plan with you. You wanna share this with someone who actually was with you when you had this enjoyable memory or plans to be with you in this anticipated um, sort of plan. So you're not really telling your travel memories to a group of people who didn't experience it at all. That's not gonna have the same effect. You're sharing it with someone who shared it with you. We can also do something called memory building, which means we make a mental note or take photos. Uh, we buy a souvenir, we make a scrapbook, we make or buy some other tangible reminder of a fun memory that will encourage us to savor that memory and or share it with others. I'll never forget the excitement I felt when my photos were developed after an agonizing week-long wait uh, to get my photos developed. This was way back in the 90s before digital cameras were the norm. So going through all those pictures of a, of a you know fun trip is a great way to savor a memory. Another way that you can savor is something called self-congratulating. You can bask in an individual or collective accomplishment. So things like maybe you graduated from college or uh, high school, uh, you have a new job, a new level of independence, um, a family accomplishment, or a group team or organizational success. Any of these things can all be ways that we can take a moment to relish them when they happen. Interestingly, bringing awareness to the fleeting nature of the positive emotion can actually enhance it or prolong it in the moment. In fact, sometimes knowing and recognizing that we have a lot of uncertainty in life can actually help us take the time to appreciate the joyful moments even more. It's close to the idea that we should live like there's no tomorrow. Just savor the moments we enjoy because we don't know what the future will bring. Now, our minds may try to go to a negative with this one, too. But if you can view it as 
also experiencing gratitude for those beautiful moments, even with the uncertainty, that may help us savor it a bit more without going to a negative place mentally. And on that note, avoiding kill joy thinking. Try not to downplay positive feelings or experiences and do not find fault with them. This would be something like saying, yeah, I feel good because I you know, got a great grade on that test, but the test must have been too easy. Or this feels good right now, but I'm just going to go back to feeling anxious or depressed anyway, so what does it matter? Try not to let your mind sabotage positive feelings by uh, following a negative train of thought, which will immediately cause a mood decline, I guess I would say. Instead, try to maintain positivity, taking the moment to really notice your enjoyment of anything you do and let go of any negative thoughts. And finally, fully absorb yourself in the experience. Put your electronics away and allow yourself to be immersed in an activity. This can help us feel like time is slowing down and the feeling of positive moments being prolonged because we are fully engaged in something. So some of you are still gonna say, I don't know how to do that. Well, here's a few more practical tools that might help boost your savoring skills. And some of these were used in studies to increase savoring behaviors. One of the things you can do is go for a walk alone each day for a week, trying to notice as many positive elements to the walk as you can and focusing on them. If you see a beautiful tree or a beautiful leaf, if you smell the fragrant smell of flowers as you walk by, anything like that. So you'd want to try to focus on the positive elements to that walk. So that would be a 20 minute walk alone each day for a week. Another option is to take photographs of things that you find beautiful for at least 15 minutes twice a week. Another option is to write about a joyful memory for 15 minutes. And you're going to write about what you did and how you felt. Maybe even who you were with. And then pick another joyful memory and write about that memory and what made it so joyful. So you're writing about two different memories in one week. Another option is to spend 10 minutes a day for a few days in a row looking at souvenirs and photos from a fun trip that you went on. Another option is to spend 10 minutes writing about an anticipated positive event and how you think it will feel, what you will do, etc. for a few days per week. You can also spend time writing about an accomplishment in your life and basking in that accomplishment, as well as writing about how others played a role in your achievement. This one might be fun and an easy one to do um, in particular. Either cook yourself a favorite dish of yours or find a restaurant that serves a dish you really love. Eat slowly and enjoy each bite as if it were your last. Listen to a song or musical work that you can fully immerse yourself in and enjoy. Bonus if it gives you the frisson or goosebumps I talked about in the music episode. You can also talk to a friend, family member, or partner about a fun memory that you share together, allowing yourself to feel the emotions you felt back then as you describe it. Let your face show your emotions. And finally, have a partner give you a shoulder massage, a head massage, or maybe a foot massage, and immerse yourself in the experience and appreciate it. 
or provide a massage to a loved one if you enjoy offering the massage ra uh, rather than receiving it. Today we've discussed savoring and what it is. Again, it's attending to and appreciating the enjoyment of any experience. We've talked about what we can savor, the past, the present, and the future, and ways that we can savor more moments in our lives, because research suggests that this has a mood-enhancing effect and can increase life satisfaction and happiness. Intuitively, this makes sense because we're paying attention, more attention to the positive moments in our lives, providing a really nice break from focusing on the negative, which is an unfortunate legacy of evolution. I also talked about tips to savor more experiences in our lives. So I would encourage each of you to choose one of the strategies I discussed before. So, you know, maybe it's going to be taking photos of something beautiful a few times per week for 15 minutes at a time, or walking outside and noticing all of the positive things you can in that 20 minute walk every day. Maybe it's eating that delicious meal and savoring it more literally sharing a great memory by talking about it with someone who was with you. So just pick one of those and go with it. Remember that savoring in the present can be done with any of the senses, sight, smell, taste, touch, hearing. By savoring more and by looking at all of these areas in our lives in the past podcast episodes, piece by piece, we are stripping away the old systems that just do not work for us anymore and getting back to our core being present in joyful moments and really soaking them in and appreciating them in a way that is almost like going back to childhood. It's that innocent place of unfiltered excitement and happiness in moments. But just adding that extra layer of noticing and appreciating on top of that. And don't dampen it or suppress it if you feel that joy. If you think about that trip to wherever or that moment you laughed so hard with your friends that you cried, and a smile starts to form on your lips, let it keep going. Fully grin if that's what you feel in the moment. We are so busy with the what ifs and following our routines in life and our fears that we sometimes dampen our joy and joyful expression out of fear or embarrassment or maybe just discomfort. So express it. When you feel it, express it. Know that you deserve each of these wonderful moments of pure, unadulterated joy. Thanks for joining me. Until next time. All content includes